How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Before we begin, this series features remarkable stories told by remarkable people. Some of the events they discuss and some of the words they use to describe their experiences can be quite colorful. This program contains explicit language and descriptions of an adult nature. Listener discretion is advised. Oh my God, we were here to save the planet. We talked in terms of the planet. And this wasn't like the planet, like um, we were talking anything real, like climate change. We were talking about evil psychiatrists plotting to take over the world. We were going to stop them. He made himself daddy in your life. He was father. He, and those words were never used. But that's the role he was. You looked up to him like that. I mean, sometimes in the evenings he would be out on deck of We'd gather around him and he would tell us stories about being out in the stars and previous lives and spaceships and... Oh, wow! This is Kate Bornstein. I have a very important question for Sean. What the hell is in your background? (laughs) This is a window. I'm in a loft conversion, so this is an attic. Um, And this is my teenage bedroom because of the lockdown in the UK. I have chosen to live back with my mother and sister, which is very interesting. I am now living the life of a teenage girl that I never had (laughs) at 33 years of age. (laughs) Baby, have fun with that. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. I I can't do drugs and I... um, can't sleep around. So so it's very much like my teenage life. <laughs> Kate, as you'll soon hear, is an absolute marvel. I think for a lot of people, if we think about what life will be like when we're old, we imagine settling down, swathing ourselves in blankets and, I don't know, knitting. We imagine that when we're 60 or 70 or even older than that, that our lives suddenly just become a lot more boring. What else is there left to do except eagerly swap stories about your latest ailment with the next-door neighbour? This, of course, is patronising nonsense, especially for someone like Kate Bornstein. Like many of the guests in this series, Kate has lived a truly remarkable life and shows absolutely no signs of slowing down now. She's got a bright blonde bowl cut, tattoos that run the length of each arm, and perfectly round spectacles that fade from pink to yellow like a glassy sunset. 
Kate grew up feeling like the word boy was never a particularly good fit for her, and after that early realisation, she spent the whole of her life looking for a label that would better represent who she actually is. It's a journey that would take her across America to the Amish, the Baha'i, and eventually to the Church of Scientology in Denver, Colorado. Without wanting to be too cute about it, Kate's is a story that perfectly captures what this series is all about, that better understanding our identity, our sexuality, and our queerness isn't something that stops when we reach a certain age. It's a lifelong process of discovery and discussion. You're listening to Call Me Mother, a collection of conversations with queer elders. I'm Sean Fay. In the next eight episodes, I'll be talking with LGBTQ trailblazers who have something important, interesting, or enlightening to say about what it means to be queer in the world today. By talking to older queer people, we want the stories in this series to create a sense of community across generational lines. By the end, our hope is that you have the language you need to grapple with new experiences by showing that you are part of a much broader history. And who better to start us on our journey than Kate? My name is Kate Bornstein, and I'm 72, about to be 73 any minute now. I grew up, um, I was born in 1948, and I was raised in the 1950s. Um, Came of age in the 60s, and I was on the shore. Uh, You know, it was a little summer town, and population went from maybe 10,000 to in 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 the winter and in the summer it got up to like 70,000 and everybody would work something i i worked on the boardwalk uh w- working various different rides and games you know how a pier goes out into the ocean this was a boardwalk it just went along the shore and the boardwalk extended like four towns was was long. It was it was about two miles long. <laughs> the kitty rides, like <laughs> the flying Dumbo's, you know, little for little kids, and and the uh, the Mad Hatter teacup rides and miniature golf. There weren't big, huge rides in those days. I grew up reading a lot of sci-fi, and I was really interested in biographies. I would get, from the library, I'd get anybody's biography that I could. I liked short stories with surprise endings, and that was my favorite kind of science fiction, like uh, the kind of thing that became the twilight zone something that within a half an hour you go oh my gosh and that tickled the hell out of me i loved stories where there was body swapping um obviously Uh, you know i love swashbuckling stories i was looking for stories that contained people i'd like to be or people I'd like to be in love with. You know, little kid who wants to be a girl, can't tell anybody about it, you get lost in books. (laughs) 
My mother was a woman. I knew that much. My father was a man. I knew that. My brother was a boy. And I was a kid. There was no gender for me. I was the kid. Until I went to nursery school. And then all of a sudden, there were all these other kids. And before I knew anything or could make any sense of it, they said, all right, now, line up here, boys here, girls there. Um, sure. And I looked at the boys line because I figured, okay, I get it now. I'm supposed to, and oh God, they were pushing each other. They were punching each other. And I looked over at the girls line and they were lining up and smiling and laughing. And I that's a lot better to me. And off I went and lined up in the girls line and the room got terribly quiet. Uh, one of the teachers came over. <laughs> I don't know her name. We called her Miss Tissue. She always had a tissue in, in her sleeve. She said, oh, no, dear. That's the line for the little girls. Uh, yeah, okay, then I'm a little girl. She looked at me. Do you remember when you were a little kid? This is something I can remember. When when a grown-up would look at you like you're a worthless slug, you're a terrible thing, you're about to be punished. That's the look she gave me. I scurried over to the boys' line, and I stayed there for like the next 20 years, 30 years. From that day... From the moment Miss Tissue gave Kate a sour look that said, know your place and stay in it, she did as she was told. She finished school, applied to university and got accepted to Brown to study medicine. But then, when she got to university, nearly 200 miles from her family home on Jersey Shore, something changed. Surrounded by artists and actors, activists and writers, Kate decided to start exploring what life might look like if she lived on her own terms. She dropped out of her medicine degree then and there and chose instead to study acting. My father was so angry with me. Anger is, anger is the best thing. Then disappointment. And the disappointment rode with me for the next four years until he saw me play King Lear in my senior year. And I made him cry. And he went, ah, Albert, I get it now. Oh, all right, all right. You, you can be an actor. And it was... <laughs> well, that was cool. Um, I was a very good actor. I was getting roles that second-year students really should have gotten. But I didn't know of what value acting had in the world. Okay, I could make people laugh. I could make people cry. Um, to what end? And that's when I got into this thing of who's got the answer to the world's problems. A lot of it also was trying to reconcile my gender quandary which by now was involving a whole lot of cross-dressing. I had a boyfriend, and this was before Stonewall, so we had to be really, really quiet about it. Um, but I couldn't reconcile that 
And so I just, that's it. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go looking. And I stopped at maybe four or five different religious communities over the course of uh, maybe three months. It would be interesting to ask you about Scientology, right? I'm sure you're asked about it a lot. <laughs> it's something that people are interested in a lot. Of all the groups I'd stopped at, they seemed to have answers that made sense. I need to clarify here. When I say the answers made sense, they made sense to someone who desperately needed an answer. They made sense, you know, I needed to know why I wanted to be a woman. Nobody else did that I knew. Uh, why? What was going on with that? I needed to know what could I do to help make the world better. I mean, what the f*** was I doing? I was desperate. From what I understand of it as a religion, you know, Scientology is based on the idea that you have a phaeton that is neither male nor female. <laughs> and in a way, I could see how that might appeal to a trans person. They don't promote the fact that thetans are not male or female. But they do say that thetans are pure thought and have nothing to do with bodies or matter or energy or space or time. And so you take from that that they're not male or female. And I asked, I said, are there male thetans and female thetans? And they laughed like, you know, I said something funny, not like I'd said something stupid. And they said, no, 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 no. And yeah, that was the, that was what I was looking for. And this is directly out of sci-fi. We were the Galactic Federation before Star Wars came out. Kate would end up staying in the Church of Scientology for 12 years. She rose through the ranks, still presenting as male at this time eventually joining Scientology's founder, Ron L. Hubbard, at the organization's headquarters, living and working on an enormous boat called the Apollo, first off the coast of Morocco, then eventually out to the Azores. I was a warrant officer, and I was made first mate of the flagship. First mate is right below the captain. And there were some of the best days of my life. Um just keeping the decks clean, making sure there were no leaks, studying seamanship, and doing their counseling, Scientology counseling, called auditing. And gender didn't bother me in those days because I mostly kept to myself and I knew I was a Thetan that I had no gender. Okay, I'm in a male body. I can deal with that. And it was great. It was just great. Whilst the work was fulfilling and the prospect of a genderless existence seemed to help at first, it wasn't long before Kate began questioning some of the darker aspects of her new religion. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. I was always disaffected with the theology. It never worked for me the way I wanted it to work. The irony is that it's a terribly homophobic group, it's a terribly transphobic group, and they don't get the paradox of their belief system and their homophobia, their transphobia. When I left the organization, I saw cocaine. This was the 80s. And I was into cocaine and marijuana and booze. A year or so after that, I got into AA and started seeing a therapist. Uh, I found a wonderful lesbian in the Philadelphia community who specialized with trans women and started seeing her and she was terrific. And she's the one who got me to see the difference between sexual orientation and gender identity and it opened all kinds of doors. You know, when you, you hear spiritual songs about lay down your burden, let me help you carry your burden. That's how it felt. Finally, after years of wandering through the world, desperately trying to find an identity that felt like it fit, Kate thought she'd found the answer she was looking for. She began her transition in 1984, undergoing what was known then as sex reassignment surgery in 1986. I woke up after my surgery in a hospital bed and I was reading tarot cards then. I still do occasionally. And I drew a card and it was Ace of Cups, which is the card for fountain of happiness. 
happiness is about to happen great big in your life. So that's pretty much how I felt. It was, um, I felt I had a happy future probably for the first time in my life. Now I was a woman. Great. Now I can get on with living my life. Unfortunately, that feeling didn't last long. About six months. I was hanging out in the lesbian and gay community through gay AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. Everybody was very suspicious of me and asked me questions like, how can you be a woman the same way we are women? We grew up our entire lives. We were socialized. And you think just with a snip-snip, you can understand what it means? And I thought, these are good questions. These are really good questions. Um, I am a transsexual woman. I am not a natural-born woman. I'm a kind of woman, a transsexual woman. And the obvious thing from there was, wait a minute, I'm saying I'm a kind of woman. That means I'm not a woman. I'm not a man. And the not man, not woman thing hit me between the eyes. That was the big one. Um, Where do you go from there? You know, you go, oh, it was dark night of the soul. I had no resting place. I knew I wasn't a man, but, you know, 30 some odd years, that didn't work. And now two years of doing my damnedest uh, as a woman, but knowing that by so many standards, I was not one and honestly didn't want to be one the way people were telling me to be one. I started defining myself by what I'm not. And that became satisfying to me. There was no word. Non-binary wasn't a word. Um, I said, I'm not a man, I'm not a woman. I'm not man, not woman. Well, what are you? I'm not man, not a woman. Well, what are you? I'm not a man, I'm not a woman. We've seen an explosion of non-binary identities and the discussion of what it means to be non-binary or genderqueer um, now. But I think you were one of the first people in public to articulate that experience. The idea of going through sex reassignment surgery in a very binary way (laughs) and then to arrive at that, to have had that, and then to wake up one day and be like, but this isn't this isn't the whole story. There's something off here too. And maybe I'm not a woman either. That must have been a very lonely experience at the time amongst trans women who were very insistent that that's, that was all they ever wanted and that it had fulfilled them. And also because there weren't people talking about, about that experience. But now there, is, there are. Do you, do you feel pleased that more and more people are able to come out as non-binary? Um do you see yourself as kind of a person that led the way in that respect? 
You're asking, do I see myself as a, as a person that led the way? Not really. I Am I pleased? Hell yes. I think it's really, really cool. I think the fact that non-binary as an identity is making room for itself now is it's really going to undermine a whole lot of shit. Um, because when we say we're non-binary, we're defining ourselves by what we are not. And people don't do that most most of the time. I know what gender is made of. I know that gender is comprised of body and mind. Both. You know, some people think it's all body. Some people think it's all mind. I, I know it's both. And I know that it exists in space-time. Given that, my body... 72 years old, in space-time. My gender, then, is a continuum. My gender is 72 years old. It's not like I'm a man and then suddenly I'm a woman. I'm, I'm a woman and suddenly I'm neither. It doesn't work that way. It is simply an ever-changing aspect of our lives. Because space-time. Everything changes. Gender has its place uh, in helping to sort out priorities, rights, and privileges in the world and, and aim for some sort of equality. But humanity, humans, have stopped asking themselves the really basic questions. We used to ask the question, what am I? That's where you know, the, the real work is. That's where the real fun is. We don't do that. We go, what gender am I? What race am I? What class am I? What religion am I? And, and we get caught up in all of these categories and we forget to ask, what am I? Your first book, Gender Outlaw, it was probably one of the first articulations of the idea of transness that isn't about being a man or a woman. And can you like explain a bit about how that came about at that time, how you felt writing the book and about articulating this experience, which no one was talking about, which is maybe sometimes trans people aren't women or men. <laughs> I was making my money by going around and giving speaking engagements. Um, flying around the country and doing talks and occasionally doing performances of solo shows that I'd written. And I was writing the whole time. I carried around a Mac Classic, which, I don't know, with the modem and everything, was weighing 20 pounds in my backpack. And I would, you know, when I'd get to a room, I'd unpack it and it had a, like a little nine-inch screen, and I loved that thing. I have had an opportunity, and not all writers get this opportunity, to put out a second edition of Gender Outlaw, and I'm really grateful for that. In the first edition, I not only made that point that you're talking about, that yes, you can realize at some point that you're not a man, not a woman, and after that stops being scary, after that stops freaking you out, 
you go, oh, this isn't so bad. And then I made the point in the first edition of Gender Outlaw that it's actually better than being a man or a woman. That's where I slipped up. It's different for everybody. For some people, it's a choice. For some people, it's a really must do it this way. Whatever. I didn't write it that way in the first edition. And I I offended a lot of people who went through their transitions in order to become men and women. And I'm glad I had a chance to fix that and say, nah, of course you can be men. Of course you can be women. I, I chose to be neither. Kate knows that her life has been anything but typical. It took years of searching, of exploring, before she settled on an identity that she now feels comfortable with. But there's one very simple lesson she wants people to learn from her story. It's something she's written into books and plays, something she speaks about at conferences and lectures. And that lesson is, don't be mean. At events, you give to people a card, basically saying that you'll do the time in hell for them. (laughs) Um, Is that something you still do? I don't just willy-nilly say you're going to get out of hell. I say, here's what you do. You do whatever it takes to make your life more worth living. Anything at all, one rule, don't be mean. And if you live your life that way without being mean and you still get sent to hell, hell yes, I will do your time for you. And the devil knows that I will. So you do whatever it takes to make your life more worth living and stay alive. But otherwise, you could do anything. Have any kind of sex you want to have. Have any kind of gender you want to have. And once you get into that practice of making your own life more worth living, community shows up. You're going to draw people to you who want to, who want to be with you, as opposed to, I want to be with them. They're going to want to be with you. And that's a big difference. So that's my advice. You've been listening to Call Me Mother, produced by Novel and supported by the Audio Content Fund. This series is presented by me, Sean Fay. It was produced and edited by Thomas Curry and Pippa Smith. Our executive producers were Max O'Brien and Sean Glynn. This episode was mixed by Joel Cox. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.